Good morning, you guys, and welcome back to episode nine of a Simple Home Studying Life podcast. This episode is titled Simple Living is So Far from Being Simple, and we're going to talk about why. And I'm going to give you examples of why this is the case of just one week's worth of our lives. So grab what you need. Let's get started. Episode nine right now. If you are new to a Simple Home Setting Life podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe and notification bell to join me every single week. Take me to the garden, in your car, whether you're tending to your livestock or cooking in your kitchen. Whatever the case is, take me along. It'll be fun. I promise. But in the meantime, if you are on social media at all, especially Instagram, and you share this podcast, make sure you tag me on that. At that point, I can go ahead and feature you and just say thank you so much for sharing us and being a part of our journey. But first, let me just say happy Mother's Day to all you guys, whether or not you're raising children or pets or whatever, plants, whatever it's going to be, happy Mother's Day to you. And I hope that you have a great day today. We are kind of divided out between ourselves today. Justin is headed over to his mom's house to wish her a happy Mother's Day. I unfortunately had to stay behind to be able to finally put the garden in before the rains come back on Tuesday. So Again, happy Mother's Day to you, and I hope you guys had a great day doing whatever you wanted to do, and um, enjoy it. Today we have sunshine, so I'm going to stick to the sunshine today and head out as soon as this podcast is over. I missed recording the podcast last week because those of you that know me know this about me. My homestead and my family come first before the brand as a whole, and I hope you guys understand that. Last week was a week for the record books. It was busy, and I could not even slow down to catch my breath. I did not even sit at my desk to work all last week. I mean, some of you guys will say that's not great for my brand. However, as you guys know, those who have been following me for about six or seven years, my property is my number one priority on top of my family and up below my family. <laughs> Whoops. My family first, my property second. And, um, and last week we just, we had so much going on that I did not even get a chance to sit at my desk at all to work. So I apologize for missing you guys last week, but I'm here. I'm going to play catch up and, um, we're just going to move forward. There's a bunch of great things going on, but before I share that, I want to talk about simple living and how it's not simple and why it's not simple and why it's important for us to continue to move forward with what our goals are for this homesteading life that we live and to stay encouraged in doing so. When we enter this homesteading life, I think the whole plan and thought behind it is to live simply and to minimize the thoughts and the materialistic things and and the unnecessary items in our lives to move forward and to live more independently away from local markets and, um, you know, take control of who we are as a human being and reclaim a world that's long gone, right? Right. That's why we enter this, right? We want to own our food source. We want to grow what we want to grow. We want to raise what we want to raise. We want to preserve as much as we can. So we're not dependent on the, the big AG, big agriculture. We don't want them to own us. We don't want to be reliant on them. So we seek to find something that is reclaiming a traditional life that is really long gone. And when I say that, I mean that in a sense that our children, like I, my children, I have, you know, we raise seven children between the two of us. And most of the time, I wonder if my children know a life that's outside of a supermarket. Now, the ones that live here, in our home, truly, truly grasp that concept. But, you know, we have one that's going to be 28 this year. 
one that's going to be 27 this year, one that's going to be 26, and then another one that's going to be 24, one that's going to be 23. And then, of course, we have a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know if they get it. They understand the concept of eating clean, looking for organic items, but they don't understand the difference between a certified organic item to an organic item. And, you know, they it's difficult. It's difficult for them. And not in a sense of um, not knowing that purchasing from a local farm is better. What's difficult is, is that there's a value and a cost wise that they cannot financially afford to do. Um, putting down, a, you know, $1,100 on a cow share or a pig share, you know, not a pig share, but you know, a cow share for a half a slab of cow is a little out of their means. So they do what they can to be able to supplement. But what does that do for us as as a as a group, right? What does that do for us? I mean, did I fail as a mother in teaching them that potentially because I once was a suburban housewife and we didn't understand the value of of what we truly do today. Now, what brought this episode on was the photo that I shared on Instagram of our chicken freezer. We have three different freezers on our property and each freezer is designed for what we can consume in that one year. We do not plan for longer than that. We, we you know, we what we harvest and what we grow and what we raise is for a year's calendar. I would love to see myself in an advancement of, you know, having food storage for 10 years. Even though I do have a freeze dryer, we tend to consume everything we freeze dry because it's just been so delicious. So that's what we're doing here. But I showed up, anyways, I shared a picture of my, um, my chicken freezer, because that's the one that gets filled the first, because, you know, we run two, two groups of, um, broiler birds onto the property because we are two acres that we only really homestead off of a little bit of an acre. Mountainside living does that to you. We have a lower lot that we're clearing right now, but what I'm, what I got to was I had a little bit of leftover meat from last year. I shared what we've already processed this year, you know, and I explained what is in that freezer and it went crazy crazy. It went crazy. People were applauding me. People were, you know, just patting me on the back and just telling me great job. But in truth, it's just living. It's living. And I see, I see people who have been doing this for years, older couples who have just been raising their own meat for years and years and years and are like, yes, good for you. Good on you for coming back to this life. And then I see those of you that are new to living this life going, oh, one day I'm going to get there. I'm here to tell you that one day is not good enough anymore. It's not. It is not good enough anymore. If you don't know what I'm talking about, take a look at my Facebook page and my Instagram account and you will see the freezer. It, you know, our next round of birds will be parted out versus whole. So I always do two rounds. One round of meat birds is left whole. We love to smoke them and roast them and things like that. The second round that we bring onto the property, we part out into breast meat, quarter thighs. You know, the wings are kept separately. We keep as much of the organs as possible, either for ourselves or our dogs or whoever, you know, wh whatever I want to do with them. And um, so my freezer is full. My freezer will be 100% ready to go until next spring again. So now I have my pigs coming in. My pigs will be in. I have a pig that's coming in for next week. And then I have an October pig coming in that will go to butcher. And then after that, we just found through a, a follower of ours, a beef connection here, right a couple of counties over. And um, now my beef freezer will be filled as well too. So in addition to that, I'm looking, I raise ducks. You know, duck is a big part of our diet. It's a truly 
nutrient-dense food item that is so extremely healthy for you. Duck fat is the healthiest animal fat you can actually consume, even more so than lard. And um, so we, we focus on doing things like that. I freeze a lot of vegetables. So the freezer is full with vegetables as well, too. And a lot of items that, you know, I preserve that cannot be canned or is shelf-stable. For example, my tomato conserve is an olive oil and tomatoes. My peppers, you know, that is roasted and preserved in olive oil gets, gets put in the freezer. My lard gets put in the freezer. My duck fat gets put in the freezer. So um, this is where I'm going with this. This is a little bit long of a segment, but I'm here to talk about the simple living isn't simple living isn't simple because of what we have to do to live this particular life and growing and raising our own food. We wake up every day. You know, I get up at six. My alarm goes at six, off at six every day. And I know that's not early for a lot of you guys who are milking your own cows and goats and whatnot, but I don't have any, any does that are in milk right now. I don't have a milking cow. So I do not have to get up quite early. I get up about six. I roll out of bed about 6.15 to 6.30. I let out the goats. And then from there, my day starts. Whatever it is, lately, I'm not going to lie. This is going to be a very romantic picture that I'm painting right now. But lately, I have been just enjoying walking through the garden and just seeing the garden layout. I did a complete garden overhaul this year. This is why we're late in the garden and this is getting back, but this is going to be a different segment. Okay. But anyways, so I did an overhaul of the garden this year and I, maybe I'll start with the segment instead of the meat first. So I did a whole overhaul of the garden this year and I'm only going to give you bits and pieces of it. Um, you can find the whole visual aspect of it on my YouTube channel. Um, I did participate in a collaboration with Homesteaders of America. And um, you guys, if you're on YouTube, you might want to follow this. Take a look at the HOA Homesteaders of America playlist for the um, garden episode. And homesteaders across America that actually have YouTube channels are participating in this and showing you their gardens and what they're doing in their gardens. I love, 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 love this concept. You know, my, my friend Amy and I, um, we have this argument all the time. She keeps telling me, why is your stuff doing this? And mine's not, we have the same climate. I'm like, we don't have the same climate. I keep trying to explain to her. We don't have the same climate climate. So we keep betting heads on this. And if she's listening to this, I love you. But anyways, um, I, I did a complete garden overhaul and this is what set me back last week. And, um, it, it was a big overhaul and it was a lot of work and poor Justin who has to work at four o'clock in the morning and gets off at 1230 came home and worked the property with me and he has to have dinner and in bed, I mean dinner, and he likes to rest for an hour before he goes to bed. So we eat and then he's in bed at eight o'clock. Um, so the poor guy, I, I ran him ragged <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I ran my husband ragged this last week and because I knew, I knew if we didn't do it, it wasn't going to get done and I wasn't going to maximize. We know what the markets look like right now, right? We see the panic that's happening there. We see what's happening to our meat source. We see what's happening. Produce isn't so affected right now, but a lot of the times we don't buy it anyways. That's in there. You know, I, we, my family's a banana eating family. I can't grow bananas here. I buy bananas. My family loves oranges. I cannot grow enough oranges to supplement my family. So I buy oranges. But the point of it is, is that if you are not afraid of where our food source is going right now, please wake up. Please wake up and take a look and think about it. Look, listen to the, all the farmers across our country who are trying to explain to you this is, we knew this was coming. We knew this was happening. So anyways, soapbox moment over. I'm just going to step back into my garden. So lately I've been walking my garden every single morning and it has been therapy for me. 
many of you guys know I suffer from um, depression and anxiety. Um, I do not take medication for that. Uh, I opt to alter my food source. I opt to um, do things for myself, but I watch myself closely to make sure that I don't, I'm sorry, I have a frog in my throat. I didn't watch myself closely to make sure that I don't hit a level which requires me to go on medication. But I won't lie, there have been times where I've had to switch out from just naturally living and switch back onto medication. But my garden has been my therapy. This year, most so more so than any other year. And um it's, you know, I walk it, I look at it, I yell at it. I yell at my Swiss charge, which, chard, which isn't growing. I yell at the slugs for eating all of my savory cabbage. You know, <laughs> I, I cheer on my seeds that are coming up and why my carrot seeds are taking so long to move. You know, the little tiny sprouts have made it, but they're not wanting to do anything else and it's killing me. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with my food right now. Everything is in, but I'm just waiting for that last push to harvest. And it's really frustrating to me. Like my rhubarb, I'm going to cheer on my rhubarb because that is the only thing that has done anything right now worth the harvest. So I'm going to be freezing my rhubarb. So the garden overhaul, I added seven new beds to the garden um, that fit the garden space size. I revamped my tomato section to put up more um, canning tomatoes instead of slicing tomatoes, more so than I, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, as much as I love you folks that love to plant 29 varieties of tomatoes, I just have to ask you, are you putting, are you growing what you're able to put up or are you growing it because it's just something that you just want to do? You know, to me and my property, everything has a purpose and a reason. I don't do anything unless it's intentional. I don't grow onions unless I know I can store them. I don't grow potatoes unless I know I can store them. And if I do, it's fingerlings but those get eaten so fast that they're gone because they don't store well. You know, the my winter squash, same thing. I couldn't find Hubbard squash seeds this year because I ordered too late. And um, now I have no Hubbard squash for the rest of the season for me, you know, but I can can up the pumpkin and I'll have pumpkin kind of thing like that. So everything is intentional. So I really, really re reworked my tomato area this year and I put in um, initially 20 uh, plum tomato plants. And now I'm up to putting up, I, I had to go and buy five more. I could not find any more than five more. Um, because I was, it was too late for me to start seeds. So, and now I'm up to 25 plum tomato plants that I can actually use to preserve with, um, the slicing tomatoes. I'm just going to enjoy them as slicing tomatoes and just eat tomatoes. And luckily there's quite a few of us that love them. And I did start a couple of different varieties and that's great. Right. So the garden was overhaul last week for me. And, um, Justin gave me a beautiful Mother's Day present. He makes me something every single year. And it's usually a very practical thing. And, you know, this particular project only cost me 30, it only cost $30 with his labor. And, um, best Mother's Day gifts ever. I'll, I'll post that on social media today and show you guys what he did. Um, one year it was a laundry line that was designed to look like, um, you know, the, the power lines that were made, you know, when our great grandparents and grandparents were alive and it has like glass insulators on top. Best gifts. Anyways, the other gift was a beautiful gate and fence for dividing us from poultry land, kind of thing like that. So long story short, the garden revamp took a huge amount of our time, like huge. I had not weeded 
the summer section of the garden in three years. I was just having Justin, we'd whack it down and just call it good because I was so busy and I didn't do it. This year on my hands and knees, and I didn't even break out my little tiller, on my hands and knees, I pulled every weed and I'm still not done. I got all the way up to the last bed of the summer garden and I'm still not done. Still not done. I've got the garlic area still to do. Um, so on my hands and knees, I pulled everything up and I laid mulch down <laughs> and my body's been hurting for a couple days. Um, I added, um, I moved around my A-frame trellises a little bit and I added more vertical gardening. Um, if you guys don't know, I do homestead on a very small garden, but I am a firm believer in succession planting and companion planting. So I maximize my garden space crazy. I would love to have this beautiful market garden that, you know, everybody's doing because they have all this land, but I don't have that land. So I have to be very true to what I can grow in my garden. That's why I can't grow 28 varieties of tomatoes because I don't have the space for it. So I have to be very intentional. Big overhaul. You will on YouTube tomorrow get to see the walkthrough of my garden. So if you are on YouTube, take a look at that walkthrough. And um, I will also have a blog post on it with the YouTube video linked in there as well, too, um, just to give you a layout of an intentional small space gardening and how I do it. I do a lot of container gardening. I do a lot of vertical gardening. I do a lot of like things like that. So um, that was the first bit. That was the first bit of a busy, busy last week of missing last week's podcast. Another reason we missed last week's podcast was it was butchering weekend the weekend before. And um, butchering week is exhausting for me. I, I have rheumatoid arthritis and um, it, it takes a lot out of me to do this. And Justin, bless his heart, is there with me the whole entire time. He basically dispatches the birds. We went ahead and invested in a yard bird plucker. If you don't know what that is, I'll put the link in the um, description here. Actually, I'll put a link in the description for all of our necessary butchering tools that we use um, to harvest um, our meat. Uh, the reason why that blog post was written was because I had so many questions of what knife set do I use? What what am I using for a plucker? You know, if I can't afford that plucker, what are my other options? And I actually have two different types of pluckers that I use. So I, I created a blog post specifically for that because we get hit with questions all the time during this time of year. And I thought, oh, to heck with it. I'm just going to write it. So I'll put that in the descriptions here for you guys if you're interested to knowing what we use on our property to um, to harvest and how we store our meat. Because, you know, when you, you buy pork or beef from a local farmer, the butcher will wrap it in butcher paper. But we use other methods to preserve our meat in the freezer to prevent frostbite. So last week was um, last week and enrolled into the week was butchering week as well, too, for our first round of Cornish crosses that came in. Um, and it's exhausting. It is exhausting. That was a total of, I think, 35 birds. Why can't I remember? 35 birds, I think it was the, the first round. And um, it, it takes a lot out of you. You know, luckily, like I said, Justin does the dispatching, but from there, I do the rest of it. I scald them. I go ahead and either I put them in the drum um, and I pull them out and then I'm removing any extra pin feathers or feathers that did not get removed from the drum. And then this round, luckily, thank God, was um, uh, frozen whole. So we do things in batches. We do all, oh, the first round is always whole. The next round is quartered out and parted out. So um, this round was easy. We went ahead and, you know, shrunk wrap them and then put them in the freezer from there. And then 
our freezer went on the fritz. <laughs> One of our freezers went on the fritz and I about died. Like I had to quickly shovel things from one freezer to the next freezer, sort through and figure it out, discover that there was things in there that had gotten buried and it really makes me mad. And so um, then we had to move our the, the dog because we feed our dogs a completely raw diet. We had to completely like rehaul that section completely. It, it was a mess. So that that went in and you figure, you know, feeding your dog a raw diet is easy, you know, growing and harvesting your meat. It's a simple thought process of doing it, but the workload is heavy. Again, hence the title, simple living is not easy. And, you know, when your freezer goes on the fritz, it wasn't even something that I could just turn on my generator and fix that problem because the power went out. It was truly the fan and the motor were dying. So Justin, we have to check it every day now because now I've got minimal stuff in there, like, you know, vegetables that I can pull and use real fast kind of things like that. But Justin ordered the fan and luckily a new fan is on its way. And I am praying that this fan is going to solve the problem and that I don't have to go buy another freezer. Because knowing Justin, he'll look on Craigslist for a freezer and that could take a couple of weeks. And I'm just like, go buy a new freezer. This is an investment. Justin's like, well, we can find a good freezer for like a fraction of the cost. So then the arguing will start back and forth on that. But anyways, so it was butchering week last week and the round went really well, of course, because it wasn't parted out. The parting out takes a little bit longer. When we do the parting out, I have to process, we keep it on ice. And then the next day I go and I divide everything up. And then from there, I vacuum seal everything. So that's the hard part of um, when we do it like that. I mean, realistically, I could put everything in the freezer hole, but then I wouldn't have the freezer space for it. And sometimes, you know, we like to cook with just thighs and we like to make something with just wings. And so it's nice to have it parted out. If you are not parting out your birds, if you know, for half and half, I would really encourage you to do so. It just gives you so much more options with your meat, um, you know. I see a lot of my friends uh, putting directly everything in the freezer, but mm, parting it out, more and more and more options for you guys. So um, that that was last week as well, too. And then um, our creek where our meat birds run. We live on the mountains, so we have a lot of underground creeks. The creek has exploded into the area where they run. So Justin has told me next weekend he's got to bring in sand. So we've got to go pick up a truckload of sand to um, to soak up that area. And then he's got to reroute the creek back down in another direction. So now we're going to end up starting them where we normally would have been a fresh patch for them. We've got to put them in an older patch. And luckily the older patch is nice and clean and green again. But that's not our intent at all. And it's kind of frustrating to us. But, you know, this is the life we live in the mountains. There's natural springs popping up everywhere and we roll with it. We roll with the punches. That's what it is. And unfortunately, one of the pop-ups is in the lower lot where the goats would have worked all the way around to the perimeter of the property to clear. And they won't be able to now because it's completely saturated. So we're trying to figure out that one and how we can reroute the goats without having them interrupt the poultry because I have a very naughty goat. So that was last week as well, too. So, you know, something as easy as that we don't own heavy equipment because our intent is not to stay on this property for very long, much longer. We are looking to purchase property somewhere else and sell this place. But 
you know, it's those little things. It's those little things that just prevent that smooth sailing from happening. And, you know, instead of just being able to just drop your garden and go, nope, Anne had to redesign her garden. Instead of just being able to say, okay, these meatbirds are ready to go out the second round out onto grass. Oh, no, no, no. We've got to figure out something else, which more than likely means keeping them in the front yard. (laughs) which Justin hates. Oh my gosh. Don't talk to my husband about keeping my meat birds on the front yard. Um, cause we have to run hot wire through the whole entire thing. Cause a bear will come through. We had that last year happen. The bear came through, we lost three birds and, um, he is not a fan of that. So, um, so, and if he doesn't get that fixed right away, by the time these guys are ready to go on grass, we've got to run them in the front yard. And he hates that. Hates it. So that is our dilemma and that's where we're at. And, you know, instead of just swinging into it and getting them into grass and being peaceful and happy and good and go, nope, it's work. It's work. You know, someone, you know, I get hit all the time by, you know, PETA activists and animal rights activists that are just telling me that I shouldn't do it, you know, and it's just easier to just go buy it from the market if I really had to eat meat. And, in truth of the matter is, is that they don't realize how much work goes into this. And I am only a small homestead. I'm not even a big farm. Can you imagine what a big family farm goes through on a daily basis? And these are the little dilemmas that have me reworking my property every single day. <sighs> Breathe for just one moment. Now I took a breath. <laughs> so on a good note, let me just say this, you know, it, as hard as it is to homestead, and it is hard to homestead. Okay, people, let me just be the first one to say it. This is not a glamorous life. This is not a fairy tale life. This is not something that people just think all of a sudden it happens. You know, I I won't lie. I get a little jealous of some of these other accounts that, you know, their gardens are beautiful. And, you know, if you ever saw my front yard, you'd be like, oh my gosh, these are homeless people or hoarders that live here, you know, because we've got wood that needs to be split, split, stacked on one side. My, my front yard is very tiny, by the way. It's like nothing there, <laughs> nothing there at all. I've got a patch of grass that I can never grow anything on because the mountain is right there. It's always shaded. I don't even know how grass grows there. I have a very small patch that receives sun. So I've opted just to plant just beautiful, welcoming perennials there. And it makes me extremely happy. We have an itty bitty porch that has a little picnic table on it. And then we have all this big equipment, our quad, the log splitter, um, the riding lawnmower, the the bucket that goes behind the riding lawnmower. Uh, what else do we have over there? Oh, Justin's wood chipper, Justin's cement maker, just like stacked right there. So I plan on building an awning. Well, not me. I planned with the idea and Justin's going to build the awning over it. So we had to have this long conversation about what it's going to take to do that and how much financially, because everything is how much is this going to financially cost me to do something like this? And we have to plan out our months like that. I don't, we don't have this amazing income that says, okay, let's just do it. You know what I mean? We have to say, what can we get and gather that's free first? And then from there, okay, what do we need to spend in lumber and what do we need to spend in material costs and things like that. So we budget everything like this whole entire summer is budgeted, right? Budgeted. And, um, the, you know, the rabbit barn has got to be finished this year. Um, what else has to be finished this year? The deck is rotting in the back that is coming up this year. 
and um, I have a friend's son coming up to tear up the deck, Justin, and then he and I, the friend's son, will be building garden beds out of whatever materials underneath there, because there is a lot of material underneath there, broken cement slabs, brick. It's crazy what's underneath there. And then whatever else I don't have, I will be building beds on there. And that will be the kitchen garden. Like literally you step out of my kitchen and the garden is right there. And, um, you know, I'll plant some onions next year, some carrots next year, some cabbage next year. Things that are just quick, quick harvesting things, a lot of herbs, of course, some flowers. Um, and then I've got to think about how I'm going to rework the front yard. The, the equipment will get an awning cover this year. And so, you know, it, just Justin and I talking about things like this aren't just quick conversations of what are you thinking? Let's go do it. It's what are you thinking? How can we get material? How do we need to buy the material? So that was an exhausting week last week of talking about all the things that need to get done. The, the, um, coop floor needs to get raised. The erosion has just destroyed the coop floor, you know, mountainside living in those springs that I was talking about has caused all the soil to erode into the coop floor. The floor pretty much is like sitting right on top of soil now. And, um, and it wasn't built like that. So now we've got to raise the coop floor and that is a big job, a big job. And, you know, you know, my aid customers, if they only knew, you know, I charge, we charge $7 a carton and Lola gets half of that money. That is Lola's business. And the other half goes directly into feed. So basically I don't get any of the money she does. So, um, if, if, if my aid customers knew how much it takes to raise free range poultry, they, and, and the housing that goes into it and the feed that goes into it, I mean, $7 is nothing, nothing, um, you know, and <laughs> I just, sometimes I just, you know, I think, is it worth keeping that many birds at that point in time? This morning, Justin came out and he goes, one of your white birds was on the other side of the fence and it looks like a coyote got it. Because what happens is we have a coop door opener and it opens at 630 every morning. And Justin was probably out there by like six. 45, seven o'clock. And, um, the birds just jumped the fence line. They're lightweight birds, they're leghorns. And so they jumped the fence line and it jumped at the wrong time. So coyote got it. So we lose birds as, as you know, as, as much as we can for the sake of believing in a free life, free range life for them. And the weird thing was we didn't even have the free range gate open for them to go out. The bird flew the fence for that. So we run into that. Um, last week, I lost one of my apple yard ducklings. Uh, God, I even knows what happened. It was completely squished. Squished. Like Justin went out there to close up the coop and the duck was squished into the ground. So our, we have, we're phasing out of our harlequins for the apple yards for a bigger meat production in the breed. And we are down to two drakes and a hen. And I think honestly, the drakes just decided to mate with the duckling. It, it it hasn't reached laying stage yet, but it is a mature duck. And um, I think that they just killed it. And so, uh, you know, it, this is part of farm life. This is what happens. And now the two drakes and the hen older Welsh harlequins are separated. They will be butchered out here, not this week, but the next week. And they are in a separate area themselves. Um, 
it, it's just been a crazy week. The garden, the butchering, you know, the, the planning, all of this stuff is just, it weighs so heavy that sitting down at a desk or to record a podcast or to, to, you know, to edit a YouTube video is so secondary to all this planning and everyday life and things that people look at me and go, you know, pat me on the back for filling my freezer or egg customers being so thankful for the eggs that they receive or, or us being able to harvest from the garden instead of the grocery store. It takes hours upon hours upon hours of work and dedication and planning and execution that office time is secondary. And, you know, those of you who don't even run, you know, a, a platform or a business like this, and you're just solely homesteading, it doesn't change for you. You go through the same thing that I do. My hours are sometimes from six o'clock in the morning until 1030 at night, you know, with breaks in between for family time and things like that. And running the homestead. But there are just some weeks where I just have to say, no, I need to refocus back on my property right now. I need to refocus on my family right now. Oh, and I forgot to share the great part. My my son, my 26, going to be 26-year-old son, surprised me for Mother's Day and came home, you know, I think it was on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day it was, and then he left yesterday. So that was an unexpected surprise, and that was a great Mother's Day gift. Um, so I'm sorry. It happens. Um, if I go radio silent, that's the reason why. And um, we just have to move forward with what we're doing. And I haven't even gotten into the root of preserving season yet, other than my rhubarb. That's pretty much it. Oh, and herbs. We're going to be getting ready to do our first round of clippings here for the um, oregano and rosemary and um, sage and things like that to dry and my rhubarb to freeze. But um, that that's what it is. That's what it is. We work every single day. We, not just me, but you guys who are living this life or you who are just now starting this life. I really want those that are new to getting into this life to realize that um, so many things that you put first are no longer going to be put first. You know what I mean? Like, I hate to say it, gatherings and Mother's Day, you know, having me go to with Justin this morning for Mother's Day would have meant nothing would have been planted in the garden. And then it was good. It's going to rain for five days starting on Tuesday. So I have two, <clears throat> excuse me, I have two days from this point forward to put my garden in. And luckily the beds are all built. The soil is going to be in the ground by today. And a lot of it's going to be dropped, but it still takes so much to do that. And, you know, we, we could have rainy season all the way up until July. And um, it, it's just the planning for what it is. So again, radio silence, if it happens, it's going to happen. And I apologize for it. You can always follow me on my you know, social media when I just post my photos of what we're doing, because it's so much easier to do that. Um, so stay encouraged in regards to this time of year and all the little things that just happen that you don't plan for. Take it with grace and just adjust around it. And most people fail at the homesteading life is because they can't accept failure and they can't forgive themselves for the failure that happened and they become discouraged. And I'm going to tell you the biggest, biggest advantage of living this life is your ability to learn to forgive yourself for the things that can't be done. 
not because it's financial or not because you just don't have the motivation to do it. It's just sometimes we take on more than what we choose to take on. And we've got to learn to reel that back and say, this year, this is what I'm doing. You know, I pushed off the garden for many years and I decided that this was going to be the year to play catch up. And I did. And I bit off a lot. But luckily, I didn't have so many other things going on that I couldn't have done that. Um, It did push my business back a little bit by a week. I'm now a week behind in my business plans. But it is what it is. You know, homesteading and my family will always come first to this. And um, hopefully one day it'll level itself out. But right now, this is what it's all about. And this is why I choose to live the life that I do and choose to encourage you guys to continue along this journey with me for that. So um, I'm sorry for last week, but I'm sure you guys didn't really miss me too much. (laughs) But again, simple living, guys, it's not simple. It is work and it's exhausting and it's an emotionally exhausting experience, but it's not anything that I would trade in for the world. I cannot end this podcast without telling you guys, if those of you guys who don't know, there is a second podcast, another podcast, my best friend, Amy of the Fuel Homestead and I, and Amy's also the founder of the Homesteaders of America conference, um, have joined forces because we get asked all the time. We do, we used to do a lot of live videos together on YouTube, but, um, you know, we finally joined forces and we are now have a YouTube channel as, oh, and that was the other thing last week <laughs> was the launching of that. That, that was another thing that we had to, to nail out. Um, so sometimes my mind can only take so much. And that was one of the things. So there is a secondary podcast and this one is for the ladies out there. The ladies out there is called Homestead Girl Talk, Homestead Girl Talk Unscripted. And what is this about? It's about homesteading women as a whole. What are our struggles, our challenges, our successes? How do we stay motivated to serve our families through this all? How do we stay motivated to serve ourselves through this all and without feeling like we're drowning? Because, you know, our main focus is to cook from scratch, tend the garden, tend the children, tend the spouses, tend the livestock, and still somehow manage to serve ourselves. And if you are not a part of that podcast yet, find us on Anchor or any other podcast channel that you guys are following us through. It's called Homestead Girl Talk Unscripted. And if you are not a podcaster by nature, the YouTube channel actually has us recording this particular podcast. And you get to truly see Unscripted. You get to see Everett and Junior. Usually I'm in my office, but you get to hear my children in the background, my dogs, the UPS man coming to drop off something and disrupting my whole household. Whatever the case is, it is there. And ladies, if you have not joined us there yet, I really, really would suggest you do so because this one is for you. And you get to hear how two entrepreneurs are serving our family and our property and just getting through doing it all while motivating you to continue to do so. So you can find us on YouTube. Our website will launch effective June 1st. And then on top of that, we're here on all your podcast listening. So join us there, follow us there. The other great news that I want to give you is, is that my book, unfortunately, is sold out a second time on Amazon, The Farm Girl's Guide to Preserving the Harvest. It went in, it sold out. The next round is coming in in the middle of this month. 
Um, so if you have not grabbed a copy of it yet, it um, the last round, it was on sale for $18 and some change. Grab a copy of the book. It really helps me out when I'm going to plan to sit down and write my second book next year. And when I'm pitching to publishing houses that, you know, you guys have done that. So if you have got a copy of my book and you're following me and you're listening to this, I would greatly appreciate a review on my book if you have not done so. I will be proposing a second book next year. I'm not telling you what it's about next yet, but um, it, it really helps if you leave an Amazon review. And if you haven't got a copy, grab your copy, get on the wait list before it sells out again for a third time. It has reached less than one year, twice bestseller. So please grab a copy for that. And that is exciting and new for me um, that I found out last week as well too. What else? Um, oh, yeah, the garden tour. I'm so excited about this garden tour. I will be releasing a weekly garden tour on my YouTube channel there. However, I will be issuing a one large garden tour every single month. Um, getting ready to preserve food. So we're going to swing the podcast in that direction. We're going to talk about what we harvested that year, uh, that week, and how we preserved it. On top of that, what's happening on the homestead, the property DIY projects are big during the summer. And um, I'm about to launch a really big segment on my website of all the DIY things that we've done that have been homesteading related in regards to living a very simple homesteading life. So come back next week. I hope to have you guys here. If you love my podcast, go ahead and share it in your stories on social media and um, tag me in it, especially on Instagram. And I will share your Instagram account on there. So if you haven't done that in the past, go ahead and share it now. I would love for you guys to share my podcast. Um, and I will give you guys a great big feature on that. That's it. Oh, P.S. There is a giveaway coming up on Instagram next week, by the way, in regards to mm, some of my favorite preserving authors. So hint, hint, hint. It's a book giveaway of some of my favorite preserving authors and some of their books. So if you are on Instagram, stay tuned and keep an eye out for that. All right, you guys. That's it. That's all I've got for this week. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being patient with my absence last week. And I hope you really understand why. I will check in with you guys next week. Between podcasts, why don't you follow us on our website at afarmgirlinthemaking.com or on our social media sites, Instagram and Facebook at a farm girl in the making. You can find us on YouTube as well too. There's a lot of tutorials there on what we're putting up and how we're putting it up and a couple of vlogs that I'm about ready to shoot out. But more importantly, for the rest of this year, our garden tour is going to be available on YouTube as well. So join us there at A Farm Girl in the Making. See you guys next week.